0: Before we get started today, I just wanted to take a minute to invite you to our next group consult. If you are a trauma treatment professional and want to gather with other like-minded professionals to gain support, insight, and share your own knowledge and resources, join us. You can present or you can just listen. This opportunity is open to all trauma treatment professionals. It will be held virtually and we will meet for one and a half hours. Don't miss it. Register and learn more at TraumaTreatmentCollective.com. Welcome to the Trauma Treatment Collective podcast. My name is Nina Keeler, a licensed marriage and family therapist and trauma specialist. In this space, we will share tips and tools on how to grow your trauma treatment skills while also keeping your own mental health in mind. Hello and welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if this is your first time listening. Today we're going to be talking about managing your caseload as a trauma treatment professional. So when you think about managing your caseload, I think it's so important as trauma treatment professionals to have some tools, tricks, and kinds of ways that you go about managing your caseload. I think because we have such hard cases sometimes, it's really important to have a way that we can make sure that we are showing up in our best way and also that the clients that we have are the best fits for us. So just the word managing makes me think of something that always kind of needs our attention. And I think that is definitely true when we think about our caseloads as trauma treatment professionals. As our capacity and the capacity of our clients fluctuates, our caseloads will require our attention. So just thinking about, you know, as I grow, as I develop as a trauma treatment professional, there are going to be things that are happening in my personal life that impacts my capacity. Um, Even as I grow my skill set, that's going to Impact my capacity. So I'm always moving and growing and fluctuating, as well as our clients have things that are going on in their life that's going to impact their capacity. Uh, and then also, as they're growing and developing, their capacity is also going to grow and develop. So I think it's important that we're always constantly coming back to checking in and making sure that we're managing our caseload and checking to make sure that we're the best fit for our client and our client is the best fit for us. So managing our caseload is important because it allows us to ensure we have the right client for where we are and our clients are properly matched with us for where we are. So it's not just about the client. A lot of times we, uh, in our graduate programs, you may have just heard all about the client, all about the client, all about the client. But I think it's also important to also think about where we are and making sure we have the right fit of clients and making sure, also thinking about where our clients are and making sure we're the right fit for them. This piece is a constant piece that needs to be assessed and considered to help us to sustain in the field and for the best outcome for our clients. So it's something that's constantly needing our attention, constantly needing us to really kind of focus in on and constantly needing us to be able to uh, check in on and make sure that we are always kind of thinking about our caseload and managing our caseload properly. So as mentioned earlier, this management of our caseload is an ongoing thing. We are constantly checking on our capacity to serve the clients we have and also the capacity of our clients to do the work we are able to offer them. Here's a couple of tips to consider when thinking about managing your caseload. Number one, boundaries. Have policies and systems in place and hold yourself accountable as well as your client. So the first one that comes to mind is a late cancellation fee. If you work for an agency that doesn't have a late cancellation fee, then of course you can't follow this. But uh, there's other policies and other things in place that you may be able to follow. So whatever policies are out there, hold yourself accountable to those policies to actually enact those policies. And then also hold your clients accountable to follow those policies. Um, This is gonna help you to be able to make sure that you are not spreading yourself too thin, um, also to help you to be able to be compensated uh, when you should be compensated and and not to have places for resentment and those kinds of things. So boundaries are really important in the work that we do. um, And one of the ways that those show up is basically having policies and systems in place that really help you to be able to work effectively and efficiently. Also have a system to help you determine your sweet spot for your caseload. Notice I didn't say a specific number. Very rarely do people think beyond the number. So you'll hear people talk about, you know, I like 15 clients or I like 20 clients or I like 12 clients or I like 35 clients, Um, but very rarely do they think beyond a number. Today, I'm going to urge you to consider the phase of treatment your client is in, as well as the severity of their needs. It might not be so much uh, the magic number of the client, but it might be only X number of clients in a certain phase of treatment. So, for example, if you uh, know that you really enjoy the psychoeducation portion of your treatment process, um, then you could have like 10 or 20 clients in the psychoeducation phase of course they're going to move out of that phase at some point but you just have more capacity to do that work because it's something you enjoy whereas you may not enjoy the processing phase as much so you may only have four or five clients in the processing phase and then as those clients move out of the processing phase and they terminate treatment then you'll have some of the other clients from the psychoeducation moving into the processing phase and so you always kind of try to keep that a little bit less than when you're doing the psychoeducation phase of treatment. So I hope that makes sense. But thinking a little bit about the phase of treatment that clients are in and how how many clients you have in that phase versus how many clients you have total across your caseload. Also thinking about the severity of needs of a client. So you can't have a bunch of clients who are constantly in crisis, or you could have a bunch of clients that are constantly in crisis because maybe that's the type of work you enjoy doing. But then thinking about, okay, how many can I carry that are constantly in crisis that are going to need more than the typical once a week session? Or maybe you're a therapist that does typically more than once a week sessions. Maybe it's traditional for you to see clients twice a week. So, you know, I don't want to fall into this is what therapy should look like or this is what trauma treatment should look like, because I know there's lots of different other ways of trauma treatment other than therapy. But just thinking about, okay, what is the severity of needs and how many clients can I carry in this level of severity or this level of severity or this level of severity? So that's another way of thinking beyond just the number. So, again, uh, what phase of treatment those clients are in, as well as uh, the severity of their needs. Number two is a regular case conceptualization. Um, so, regular case conceptualization is really taking the time to evaluate a case's progress, needs, etc. You can do case conceptualizations a couple of different ways. Um, You can do them by yourself. So you can kind of just set out a time in your calendar that you say, okay, I'm going to go through all of my cases and I'm going to look at them. You can do them in peer consultation. So you can get together with a bunch of other treatment professionals and you can actually go through and kind of look at each other's cases and bounce ideas off of each other, ask each other hard questions to consider about those cases, those kinds of things. Or you could also do it in your supervision with your supervisor. Um, So if you have regular supervision, you can say, hey, I'd like to use a couple of our supervision hours to be able to do case specializations for all of my clients. Um, Or you can hire a professional consultant to take you through the process of case conceptualization. It is a time to evaluate and reflect on each case. Sometimes you'll come to the conclusion as you do case conceptualizations that you need to refer clients out Um, that need more. Or you have a hard conversation with your client about maybe they're not doing the work um, and you're realizing that they're not doing the work. And you also may need to get support for yourself. So you may realize that, hey, I'm really lacking in this skill in most of my cases, needing this particular treatment or this type of treatment or this focus of treatment and you may need to go and get some support or training for yourself. So definitely once you come out of those uh, case conceptualizations you will realize that there are some things that need to maybe shift or move or change in some way and I really want to encourage you to definitely take the time to do that. And finally a third tip that I'll give you is prioritize your self-care. This is becoming more and more acceptable, but it's important that you take care of yourself so that you can have something to give to your clients. Make sure to practice moment to moment self-care. Sometimes, of course, I won't preach to you guys, but sometimes self-care can get locked up into these big events and it becomes this thing of, well, I don't have the privilege to spend that much money on something or I don't have the privilege to take off and go on a trip. But I really, really want to encourage you to think of self-care as moment-to-moment things that you can do. Just setting their grounding in uh, doing some deep breathing is self care. Um, the way that you take care of yourself, like taking yourself to the doctor or making sure you make your dental appointments or all those kinds of things. We were just actually having a conversation about this in the community where, you know, we really do have to think of self care as the moment to moment things that we do. There is a, a blog that I will link in the show notes um, where I talk about moment to moment self care. There's also a blog that I, I have that talks about being able to help you pick out a consultant if that's something that you're interested in to help you with the case consultations. So I definitely want to encourage you to think about these three tips um, to help you successfully manage your caseload, no matter the setting you find yourself in. And uh, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Please make sure to give us a five-star review on your listening platform. And please also share, help us share this podcast with other people, um, other trauma treatment professionals that you might know. If you could please share this podcast with them so that they know that this resource is out there for you. Okay, well, that's it. Take care. I hope you enjoyed our episode for today. Just a quick reminder before you head out, just make sure you head over to the traumatreatmentcollective.com to learn more about our monthly group consults. We would love to have you join us.